this week is the freedom to make our own choices, right? We're doing our road to freedom. And I picked Proverbs um, 1. Proverbs is really good. It's got a lot of little short sayings. It's like, you know, doing a little, uh, what's that Chinese one? Proverbs. Well, no, there's a Chinese. Confucius. Confucius. Confucius yeah. say. Yeah, Confucius say. Well, Proverbs is along the lines of the Confucius say, you know, little blurbs and things that help you just get a feel for some of the stuff you should know. Common sense things quite often. So uh, here's Proverbs 1, 1 through 6. <coughs> These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king. Written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going. A manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair. To teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp of reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women. Still a thing or two for the experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate. The <coughs> rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. And <coughs> if you have the guideline for the Freedom Sundays, this is where we have the whole Bible. You like that Freedom Sunday? So, so in, in Everybody noticed that, right? Yeah, everybody noticed that every week this there's a different Bible reading that goes with it, but this Bible. week you have to read the whole Bible. So how many of you ah. read the whole Bible this week? Because that was your reading assignment. I've done it over here. Uh, not, just, not just this week, right? All right. Well, we tried. If you go to your bulletin, there was an insert that had the last song on it. And on the other side, the 66 books of the Bible. Did everybody see that one? Mm -hmm. Don't look now, but you have 66 books of the Bible. It's a magic number. And how many? And then there's the other. Uh, there's a, another uh, edition uh, that is part of the Roman Catholic Bible called the Apocrypha. Right, so there's a whole bunch of people out there that have written all sorts of things. So, and I thought, well, you know, <coughs> I figured, well, you may all may not know how it splits out, so there you have it. There's 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. And somewhere along the line, Jesus says that he came down to replace the Old Testament and make start new. So let's just concentrate on the 27, right? No. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Sorry. I'm still not over my cough 100%. What you have to realize when we look at the Bible, and, and you can see that I've used mine for a bit, and so is at least one of my dogs. Um, <coughs> in case you're wondering how that happened. Uh, they liked the leather Bible. It was, I guess, tasty at the time. Anyway. I went way back when and bought a study Bible, and at the time, Harper's uh, study Bible, I was a revised version. I grew up in the Methodist Church for a while, um, lost interest in the Methodist Church when we went to one that was all about appearances and not about knowing God. And that's when I said, I really didn't like going to church no more. Because to me, church is where I go to get a... fresh, to make sure I realize God, who God is every week, to get some study in about God. And I like the fact that I don't, most of you don't get, but I get every week what the Sunday, the whole layout of the Sunday, the sermons and everything, Paul releases it, and because I'm on staff, I get a copy so I can start reading the scriptures and get a feel for what's going on. And I really love that part, because I can what? 
be ready to say, hey, I wonder how he's going to approach it this week. I can get a feel for what it says in here. Now, we all know that there's many places that say this is the inerrant word of God, which means you have to take it literally. Well, I use BibleGateway.com, which is really, really nice. It has a bunch of different versions. And if this is the inerrant word of God, I have a problem. Because if I'm supposed to take each word individually out of here, there's different definitions. You have to go back to the original language they were written in and study that, see what that word was referred to way back when, when it was used, in the context it was used in, to understand this definition. One, there was no such thing as the word for homosexuality, but yet somewhere along the line, some of these Bibles have that word in there. Why and how? I don't know. Other than someone's put their twist on it. So when you look at the Bible, you have to remember what? This was created by a person. Someone sat down, revised, was it? Well, you got King James. Who had, who had to make it all rhyme and have poetry. Right. He liked that kind of thing. Everybody had a different angle they wanted to do on it. And you have to realize that it can't be the inerrant word of God. I mean, look at here. I tried to put the first five books of the Old Testament were written were supposedly by Moses. No guarantees, but theoretically that's it. So you notice in parentheses I put down who some of these people are. I mean, we've got 66 books here and almost 66 different writers. I mean, that's a lot of opinions. But so, could, could, uh, go I, ahead. Because I'm just going to throw it out there because you know that people that are watching you preach this morning at some point are going to ask this question now that you've brought up the whole inerrancy thing. Couldn't God dictate to them what God wanted written? Yes. Well. Ah, he can. But did they actually write it correctly? And it was in a foreign language. Did we interpret it correctly when we translated it into our language? Ah, there's the kicker, isn't it? Did we get it right? There's no guarantees we got it right. And in inerrant, I still go back to it. I, I don't remember where it is, but I, Jesus came what? To bring a new beginning for us all. So that throws out 39 chapters. I mean, we can still refer to them. There's all sorts of good stuff in those 39 chapters in the Old Testament. But if God, Jesus came down to bring a new message from God. That you are loved unconditionally. Isn't that what I read, had you read in Matthew? Hey, we got all this stuff, you know. We're, we, we got this whole, all these 39 books in the Old Testament we're going by. And, and we want to know, you know. Isn't that what the Pharisees and Sadducees said? Okay. All right, Jesus, we want to challenge you now. What is, you know, because we got all this writing that we're supposed to be obeying. What, what's important? And Jesus took it down to what? Love God, all heart, soul, and mind. Love others as you love yourself. Three things. That's it. So when it comes in here and says, if you don't do, no, Jesus, got, Jesus didn't say, do, if you don't do it this way, I'm not going to love you. He, that's not what it said, is it? It's in Matthew. So if someone comes out and says, this is the internet word, and this, this book here says right here, I'm supposed to be doing that, that, that. I'm sorry? That's not what Jesus said in Matthew. And Paul, 
was a preacher. Old Testament philosopher, big wig in the church, loved the Old Testament, preached it all over the place, loved all the rules, obeyed all the rules. So when he wrote all the books he wrote, and you can see there's a whole bunch of them here, he had to what? Sit down and say, okay, I know I have to get it so I feel comfortable. So I need to say some of these things in the Old Testament. I need to translate them into something new. That's not what Jesus said either. Because Paul puts guidelines in there on how to live, but Jesus didn't. Jesus had two things again, three things, right? Love God, love yourself, love others, and you love yourself. So if you can take all these with that context and realize that when the Bible is written by all these different people, they were talking to a particular audience with someone in mind. It's just like someone writing a book nowadays, fiction, nonfiction. I'm writing it what? With a target audience in mind. I have something I want to say. This is the way I'm going to say it. I write a play, I write a piece of music, I'm what? Trying to tweak your emotions. TV shows. I love The Big Bang Theory. But it's written what? With geeks in mind, geeks and nerds. Socially inadequate people in mind, and they try to make fun of it. And okay, I can relate to some of that stuff, so I really thoroughly enjoy it. Anyway. But they have an audience in mind and write it towards that. Everybody that wrote something in here had an audience in mind and wrote towards it. So when you think of the Bible, don't think of it as not having words that you could use to help guide you through life. It does. But sit down make sure you read the red letter edition of a Bible to see what Jesus said when they started quoting Jesus. Start with that Matthew passage. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Start with that. Use that as your base reference. And then try to understand the Bible saying, this is what Jesus said, how does this relate? This is what Jesus said, how does this relate? And the times have changed an awful lot between when all these were written 2,000 years ago and today. 2,000 years ago, I couldn't stand here. Because women weren't a voice. We've come a long way. We have a long way to go, but we've come a long way. And today's society is totally different than when these were written. Take everything, like they say, with a grain of salt. Try to use that Matthew chapter, Matthew 22. Think of those commands that Jesus said and relate it to what you're reading. I'm not saying don't read it. Don't use it. Don't let it help you. I'm saying keep it in context. Amen. Amen.